And welcome back to the For Film Sake Podcast, everybody. My name is Brian Uchi, and I'm here with... Chris Lucky. And... Alyssa Gaines. And today we're going to be talking about... Uh, that fucked me up, because I don't know you as Alyssa Gaines. <laughs> <laughs> what do you know me as? <laughs> Renee, Alyssa Renee. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. That's what I guess, I, guess I can say, like, I mean, I, I go mm. by my middle name more often than I go by my last name, so I don't know why I said my last name. <laughs> it, worked, it works. Yeah. It just it fucked me up. I was just like, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> like, who is this? Who is yeah. this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But anyway, uh, we're here. We're gonna, today we're going to talk about, it's actually a pretty interesting topic, mm. uh, sociopath as avatars in mm. movies. Yeah. Uh, so I'm actually really fucking excited for oh, this episode because yeah. I got notes on notes. Actually, I got like two pages of notes. It's not that impressive. Right. <laughs> I have like <laughs> also like two pages of notes. Nice. Because <laughs> nice. uh, uh, I've like both of the movies that I like watched to like specifically discuss, like I've seen like 18 million times. Yeah. So Same. I'm like. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, but uh, let's do the, the catch up. Uh, it's, been, it's been a fucked up sort of schedule for us because you went oh, on vacation. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so there's probably a lot to catch up on. So what's up? Yeah, I mean, I want to hear about. Um, I seen some of your artwork, Lisa, on uh, Twitter. Oh and, really? Yeah, some of your animation. Like, oh. it's pretty awesome. Oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty cool. You do have pretty fucking fantastic oh, artwork. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, I um, I've been one. I've been doing more like freelance illustration uh, lately because huh. um, a friend of mine commissioned me to do her Twitter icon, and which was really fun to do, and so that actually uh, got me a little bit more reach as it were because mm -hmm. she has like her own social media stuff like she does like streaming so that was cool um i'm just trying to explore my style since i'm uh i'm actually go to school with these guys and mm -hmm. i'm studying fashion design there and um i want to be a costume designer or concept illustrator something in that in that range mm -hmm. of working with film and movies but visual aspect of it so yeah right well we always need a uh, good costume designers i, f I feel like Hell wardrobe yeah. and fat and movies is like overlooked a lot yeah it really oh, yeah. is but like um i mean i love it just because like costume design like you if a costume is designed well whether it's in like um like a tv show or movie or really whatever mm -hmm. um you're going to look at that character, you're going to look at the way they dress, and you're going to know like everything you need to know about their personality visually through their silhouette and, and what kind of clothes that they wear before like they have a line of dialogue and and so i think that's just like it's so important it, it really sets the tone just as mm -hmm. much as like the setting or or anything like that i absolutely agree like the first yeah. impression that you get of a character based on like what they're wearing yeah. or what they do is usually the most important one in the film mm -hmm. yeah and like and and, and nothing i think makes that more apparent than than anime I think the oh, character yeah. designs in anime are like immensely important yeah. because those are those give you like you only have twenty minutes an episode to like give you information on the character. Oh so yeah, yeah. I mean, anime is what what got me into like costuming, anyways, because yeah. I cosplay, and then I was like, oh well, actually, I also love movies and <laughs> TV, and I would love to like combine this. So mm -hmm. yeah, you're totally right. Yeah. What's your favorite uh, costume uh, design in a movie? Um, I actually have to say that, um, what really like got me back into wanting to do costume design and not just fashion and not just concept illustration, um, was, uh, really just, I absolutely adore the costume design in the prequel trilogy of Star Wars. It is, Ooh. it is so lush and beautiful and just, oh my God, it's perfect. <laughs> That's something to take away from the prequel trilogies because like the rest of it was. Oh, I know. I know. I absolutely agree with you. I, I think like, I think like 90% 
ninety percent of the budget went towards the costume yeah. design. Yeah. Like, and that is worth it for me. Yeah. <laughs> it did look great. It did look great. Yeah, it, it, it was it was a pretty like good looking movie. The costumes in the movie were fantastic. Was. Yeah, especially like Padme is like, oh my god, especially mm. in the like second and third, they're just disgustingly beautiful. <laughs> 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 all the budget. <laughs> all of the budget in the hair. What yeah. about you, Chris? What if you? Oh shoot! I mean, I have two weeks of yeah, yeah. Like uh, we went on that vacation, so I mean, uh, we drank a lot and ate a lot, and I'm continuing to do that. You know, <laughs> you know, while I was gone, like on the second day on the cruise, I got an email saying that I got in the job that I'd um, applied for. Congratulations! And, yeah, it was a lot of hoops to jump through. That was ridiculous. Like I, when I when I was there doing like my screening, the lady was like, "What is this? Like a hundred thousand dollar job a year? Like nobody does." Like I was there for a full six hours. Right. Full fucking six hours to do like a drug screening, a breathalyzer screen, a preliminary exam, a blood work, um, like everything. The whole bit, yeah. The whole everything, like bit. my entire Do you body work for like the government? Or, and like it's not, government it's, it's not even for, the, for a government branch. It's not a federal job at all. You know, <laughs> but um, it is surprisingly within my field, but I wasn't a... Um, a fashion student, I guess, but I would do have an art degree. Oh, I guess know, so. Yeah. Um, within the, uh, the we're whole, all the same in their eyes. Yeah, really, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a for a company called Archroma. So, um, okay. so someone like Limited Brands or um, uh, Gap, I guess it's all the same place. Uh, they would find like a leaf in Asheville, be like, "Yeah, I want this to be the fall color of 2019," but you can't really <laughs> describe what that leaf exactly is. Right. So then you'll take it to our company, and then we'll break it down to the barest forms of whatever, and then get this exact color duplicated. Oh, oh my that's god, that's cool. amazing. Yeah, like Pantone, cool. kind of. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, hell yeah. So um, there's like thousands upon maybe millions. There's just so many colors, you know, through there. <laughs> and I mean, I, I enjoy looking at all the different shades of purple because I'm a purple guy. <laughs> you know? Or just another thing that's like it'll say a name. It'll say like um, dramatic ocean. So then I'll try to picture in my mind what does a dramatic ocean look like and see how close I can come to that color. <laughs> this is the kind of like that sounds like the kind of job that I would love to do because I am the kind of person like I'll go into a fabric store or something like mm. that and I will just get so petty about colors. Yeah. Like I'll be like, um, excuse you, this it's not fucking lilac. It's lavender. <laughs> it, lavender is a blue-toned pastel purple. Excuse you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's, it's been that for um, since I've gotten back, just uh, adjusting to a new job. I was uh, I noticed that I was like the only person that's under the age of like 40. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm, I'm... I read your whole Twitter rant about it. <laughs> <You're> just, uh, <laughs> it was odd that I was hired there in the first place because it was just like one of those, uh, one of these things is not like the other type of thing. <laughs> yeah. I, um, when I finally got to my workstation after like a whole bunch of computer-based training, I sit down beside um, the first black person that I've seen there besides the mirror. Right. And, this, <laughs> and this lady, she's sitting there talking to me like in a normal tone, and then her voice starts to get a little more hush, and she's like, yeah, you know that we're only the people that are you know, by the time she gets to like what she's trying to say is that like you were the only black people working here, yeah. but she's whispering her and hushing her tone so much that by the time she says only black people here, no words or even whispers came out. She was just mouthing it to make sure that nobody heard her saying something like that. And I'm just like, yes, I see that. Everybody seems really cool though. You know, everybody That's awesome. is really, you know, trying to get me into the job and everything. For so. that kind of job, I really expect like a bunch of like hipstery young people. Mm. No, it's, it's, it's surprising <laughs> that it's like most like 40 and above it's the the job security um a lot of those people have been there for the the least amount of time was five years everybody else is like seven ten and fifteen years oh, wow. yeah like the the benefits are incredible like wow that's awesome like that insurance bro shit oh there you go man you're gonna <laughs> get dental and eye glasses done and all that shit yeah yeah i'm jealous i need i need a health plan i, I, want, some, <laughs> I want some glasses i don't even need glasses but i would There's like to look sexy. <laughs> you know, i don't, don't want to like are those prescription glasses you have on 
Oh yeah, these are prescription. They're actually like out of prescription, so like I, ooh, I can't. I really need new ones, and I don't have insurance. Oh, well. so. I feel you, man. Yeah. Uh, Tessa's gonna give you shit if you get glasses without lenses. I know because she's no. I'm gonna get them with with the prescription, but she says that she's the glasses person. Like that's her thing. <laughs> and I'm, I'm kind of like crossing boundaries here, but you know I'm gonna do it. Do it. You gotta it. have the one glasses person. Yeah. You could get like uh like uh what are they like. Night driving glasses, mm-hmm. polarized. Yeah. Yeah. That would be cool. Let me try that. Pretty cool. Yeah. I also got a new job. I heard, yeah. Uh, I'm a think? bartender now. Oh, uh, yeah. A movie theater. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's always fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get I get to watch movies. Yes. And not, and not pay for movies. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, <laughs> hey, hey, Brian, yeah? um, are you going to learn how to make a gin fizz? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it. Um, <laughs> so last time me and Brian uh, went to the movies, we, uh, we went and saw Atomic Blonde mm-hmm. and... Uh, we were, I, I got a drink there because it was one of the movie theaters with a bar. Yep. And like, I was like, uh, can I have a gin fizz, please? Which is like, okay. it's a, it's like one of the most simple drinks ever. And mm. I'm probably calling it the wrong thing. And that's probably do, like why the bartender was confused. But he's just <laughs> like, I don't know if I know how to make that. I'm, and like internally, like I was just having this moment of like, Bitch, it's gin, <laughs> it's lemon, it's like it's fizz, yeah. and I think I actually said yeah, that. Yeah, she literally looked at the bartender and she went like, "It's it's gin and, and f- fizz." It's gin and fizz. I couldn't think of like I couldn't think of like soda water or whatever. Yeah. I, oh my god, it was like this is simple, but yeah. maybe I'm saying it wrong. Like I don't it's know. Actually, like, called a gin fizz. Okay, way. like oh. I I got it right, but I felt like I was saying it like wrong, and that's why it was confusing. But literally, I I was being. Appropriately judgmental to, to, your, to your fortune, <laughs> like that. I do know how to make a gin fizz. Okay. God bless America. Yeah. How how uh, how was the first few days? Uh, well, I did a training shift like like a week oh, ago because yeah, yeah. it was finals, and that went fine. Okay. Uh, I worked with the uh, the lady that was hired with me, and mm. she was super nice. She she was a bartender before, so she showed me the robes. Okay. So I wasn't like fucking up and flustering. Yeah. Like, oh, I don't know what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but like yesterday was my first like proper day, and it went fine. Yeah. Nice. I went made fifty dollars in tips. Ooh, sweet. Fifty just, bucks in tips. Yeah, first 50 day. Bucks. Yep. That's pretty baller. It, it nice. is, and and I think it's also it's because it's it's in a movie theater. Yeah, I think a lot of the people that come through, they just like the, the drinks are already expensive, so I, th- mm. I think they feel a little obligated to tip. I would which feel is always nice. I feel the opposite. I feel like well, I mean, I'm, I'm not to hinder anybody <laughs> yeah. from tipping because please, please tip my friend <laughs> this money. You know, but if like if I was going to the movie theater, you know, to get a drink from the bar, I would probably be a little more uh, frugal. I, I mean, like. same, same here. Yeah, but people people tip, so it's, Fuck it's yeah, nice. Yeah. Keep doing that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. So. Uh, but it's a cool job so far. Like everyone I work with is fine, and like my favorite thing is that the bar is completely separate from yeah. anything else in the theater. Yeah, and I don't have to do anything else in the theater. Mm. Nice. I go there, I serve drinks, and I leave. Yeah. That's all I do, and it's fantastic. That's the Let's kind see. of job that I want. Like, because I've worked as a barista, mm-hmm. and like uh, I love making coffee, but I hate dealing with people. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I just uh, do. I really have to do this. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 such a bizarre chain of job. Like serving drinks because people get entitled about it yeah oh yeah yeah. and like the people that get pissed at you have you ever gotten these like you someone buy something and they it's more expensive than they thought and they're like oh what the fuck i'm like i don't make the fucking prices like do you just Mm. think i was like yeah it's seven dollars for your pumpkin spice latte like uh (laughs) that was yeah it was totally my decision and not like some corporate guy's decision thanks Yeah. yeah, so dealing with that for it's a, a long personal point. vendetta against you, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that. Like, like yesterday, um, I was Sarah. at my other job, and and like, 
my coworker accidentally didn't give the right change. This lady came in and she was like so personally offended, like like he had done it on purpose. Like, yeah. why do people do that? <laughs> Don't think take things personally. Yeah, that's well. fucking rude, man. Yeah. Did you guys see that the Amazon bought Whole Foods? Yeah, we, I did. I'm so fucking excited. I am too. Because yes. <laughs> Whole Foods is fucking expensive yes. and Amazon is fucking cheap. Yup. They brought the prices that went down 30% from Whole oh, Foods. Really? Oh, in well, a week. Uh, in I guess I'm going to go to Whole Foods now. Hells yeah. yeah. I fucking love going to Whole Foods. Me too. Yeah, it's delicious. It's delicious. I didn't, I didn't realize like the, um, the hierarchy of, of food uh, places. Oh, yeah. Until, no, absolutely. Like Tessa was breaking it down for me. She was like, all right, <laughs> first you have like your, um, your, your Save a Lot and your Aldi. You know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. And then you'll have your next tier will be like your Walmart, your Food Lion, and your Bilo. Yep. And I was like, those are kind of equal. She was like, but yeah. how is Aldi like the lowest tier? Because their stuff is actually good. Well, it, it, it's actually good, but uh, maybe in terms of prices, because Aldi's yeah. pretty cheap. Aldi's yeah, they super are cheap. cheap. Yeah, yeah cheap. Okay, so, okay, so, I, okay, so, like, I got save it. Save a lot, Aldi, okay. and stuff like that. Then there was the, the Walmart, Food Line, and, and Bilo. And I was like, all right, so what's the next tier? She was like, next <laughs> tier is like Publix, Publix um, is Her- Harris Teeter. And Whole Foods and Trader Joe's. I think I think she's wrong about that. I think Harris Teeter belongs in the Walmart tier. And oh, then no, no, Harris way. Teeter is that, Harris Teeter is actually more expensive than Publix, way even though Publix expensive. is nicer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Harris Teeter is up there with like Whole Foods. Huh. Yeah, they're yeah. way too expensive. You're, it's really weird. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. Harris Teeter just feels like a normal ass. You would think it is. Like, I didn't know this either, though. Yeah. Seriously, I thought Harris Teeter. <laughs> I thought Harris Teeter and Bilo were like rivals. Yeah, she was yeah. Like, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> I was like, okay. No, and right. then um, there's one that uh, we have in like Western North Carolina. I mm. think it's in like South Carolina too, but it's Ingles and that Ingles. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. we don't have them around here no. in like Mecklenburg. Like nope. that's super weird. Like I, I have not seen. It's like I'm in. It's like I. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I've been in the desert for like 82 days. Did they haven't have... seen a single Ingles. That's like been my experience in living in Charlotte. Like, mm-hmm. where is Ingles? Have you seen a Win Dixie? Oh my I've god! Seen a Dixie. Yeah. I haven't seen yeah. one. Oh, and then there's like Piggly Wiggly, Piggly Wiggly. which yeah, I haven't seen either. Yeah. Those are both like more deep south, I guess. That's yeah. an adorable name. Win Dixie was in Miami when I was supposed to move to Miami. Mm-hmm. I saw like a shit that was uh, like the supermarket back there. I'm surprised we're able to keep that that uh, the name Win Dixie. Yeah. I mean, it's spelled W I N N D I X I E Win Dixie, but it's from uh, like winning Dixie, like winning the South. Oh okay. shit! Yeah, so it's like very connected to like Confederacy and all that stuff. So, I like, have no idea. I was surprised. <laughs> oh my like, god! We're gonna win Dixie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love this grocery store discourse. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's great. Yeah. My favorite thing about Publix, though, if you guys are looking to like make a like a fancyish like steak dinner, yes, absolutely go to the butchers. Publix, okay, because there's not really a lot of like local butchers around, mm. but that Publix has the closest thing mm. to butchers, uh, to local butchers. It is their meat is so fucking delicious, nice, and I love spending thirty bucks for two pieces of steak. I mean, <laughs> that, that, so that, that, uh, that, listen, that might apply for you if you enjoy a good steak, but I would waste my money going there and getting that good steak because I'm going to burn the shit, bro. Yeah, no, <laughs> you, you're wrong. <laughs> you know what I'm like, I, I, I would, I'll just let Brian make the steak. Yeah. I'll, I'll just let him do that. Like I might as well buy like a two dollar piece of meat because what <laughs> I'm, yeah, because what I'm going to do to it, you know, is like it's not worth going to grill the shit out of yeah, it. I'm going <laughs> to grill the entire shit out of it. <laughs> it's not going to be worth it. But for anybody that does want a good piece of, of meat, yeah, Publix, I'd assume. Nice. Yeah. I want to I want to talk about some shit that I've been seeing lately because mm-hmm. I got a Hulu membership. Yes, and which is weird because I don't normally watch telly, mm-hmm. but I've been enjoying the fuck out of some telly lately. All right, I watch uh, Handmaid's Tale. 
uh, I started watching oh. it, but it bummed me out. So like, okay. I haven't seen it. Oh my it. god, I, I really need to watch that because I read the book in like high school. They that's just, a really, really good. They just cleaned up the Emmys. They won everything. They, they got, oh really? They won all of that shit. Everything. That's yeah. <laughs> I figured that was gonna happen. Yeah, and I'm not surprised. I saw like 15 minutes of the first episode before mm. I realized that I was gonna be depressed watching it. Yeah. Uh, and it looked amazing, mm. and the acting is fantastic. Yeah. And like it was, it's generally a good show. Yeah. I just, I just have to have the the. I have to turn off my empathy to mm. watch it. <laughs> uh, but I've been watching Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yes. Uh, that show is fucking hilarious. Oh, yes, and I it love is. it. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you seen that one? Brooklyn no, Nine-Nine? I don't have Hulu. You don't have Hulu? Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, Andy Samberg, I mm. I really didn't think it would be funny. He's fucking He's, hilarious. Yes. You, you like, uh, well, I, I, I would think you would like his uh, his band, The Lonely Island. I, I love Lonely Island. Oh, but yeah. I didn't think it would be funny on a television I format. I forgot okay. about Lonely Island. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> so great. <laughs> I'm on a boat. And, and yeah. so I've been watching. Uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, mm-hmm. I started watching Broad City. Yes. I fucking love Broad City. Oh, yeah. And I've been watching uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Oh, lately. It was well, awesome. that was <laughs> like out of nowhere. That You just like pulled that out of left field. Like, <laughs> look at this critically acclaimed Western television, and then look at this shit post of an anime. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> JoJo's you, you Bizarre heard of JoJo? Adventure? No. Um, Please. <laughs> oh, wow. I think... Um, uh, do you remember like like anime in the eighties where it was kind of like silly and like it was a bunch of martial arts anime? Okay, that and was just kind of super insane. like masculine, but super like homoerotic at the same time. Right, okay. it's like the Top Gun of anime. <laughs> yeah. All right, yeah. All right. Essentially, why is that so accurate? <laughs> All right. So it's a bunch of like muscly dudes uh, that uh, are that are very fighting each other, beautiful and fashionable, mm-hmm. and fighting yeah. each other. It's based on high culture yeah. fashion too. That's so, yeah. like, cool. They're just like posing and fighting each other and like vampires <laughs> and zombies. Ridiculous. You ever seen like uh, Dragon Ball the Ginyu Squad? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, so like, are we? Am I getting like buffed up guys that are like posing and fashionable? Yes. yes. Do they actually fight as well? Yes. What, what's wrong with this? <laughs> that pretty awesome. It's it, amazing. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is amazing. Like, there's a reason. Like, it's been around for like almost thirty years. It's been but, running for almost thirty years. People it just is keep fantastic. Yeah. It. That's so it's, good. it's like it's it's so influential on anime as a whole, which is why I love it. Yeah, and <laughs> it's divided by parts. So, like, part one and like it's got like eight parts or seven parts yeah. right now. So, like. Every Every part is like a different generation of, of yeah. It's JoJo's. a different generation of the characters, so like you don't get stuck with the same characters for too long, and it mixes up the formula every every time, which mm. I think is just like brilliant. Like it's super cool, yeah. and I think they're all connected at some point. Yeah, like they they're they're all thing. connected because it's all like the same like basically like two or three families of mm. characters, if you will, mm-hmm. like yeah. uh, like mafia generations kind of. And in fact, I think one of the uh, one of the arcs goes into goes the into the mafia thing. and stuff like that. But it's just so ridiculous. It's yeah. so over the top. It's it's iconic. It's it, fantastic. It, it gets fucking silly. Oh, wow. I and mean, like, it is silly, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. The reason I love it so much is because the voice acting just it's feels so, over so the fucking top. fantastic. Oh, yeah. man. Like the main character, the main bad guy is called Dio and every time he walks into a, a, a shot, mm. the main character was like, Dio da! And just like <laughs> scream out his name yeah. amazingly. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> it's so oh, fun. and like half, oh, well, not even half, like mm. almost all of the characters are named after like some kind of like a uh, band or like Western music. Like mm. like Dio is named after, well, Dio. yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it's fucking good. Oh, okay. yeah. It's and fucking good. Like ha- the villains are all like named after like, like, uh, I think in the second season, the first ones, like first villains that come off uh, the top of my head, are like uh, like Wham and mm-hmm. Cars and 
Oh no, I can't remember the. Yeah, other neither one. neither yeah. can I. No, but it's but just. But you like, would love the shit out of this. I'm show. gonna watch it. Yeah, yeah. Would, it's on Hulu. Speed wagon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's it's so much fun. So yeah. I've been watching. I've been watching a lot of that with my time, mm-hmm. which is weird because I normally don't watch Shelly, but we found a dry spell of movies lately. Yeah. yeah. So I've just been watching television. Nice. Uh, so I've been into that. What have you been? Have you been watching anything? I mean, I, I, I've been drinking, man. Like, I, I've like, been drinking. Like I mean, I took like with two months to get mm-hmm. like in very good shape and get on that cruise and be able to walk around with my shirt off without shame right. so after i got on the ship like i've been eating and drinking everything and, and i have i don't care i do not care and i'm going to continue to not care until sometime next week until you feel guilty until sometime that. next week yeah and then, then i feel guilty about it again but i feel that i also saw mother uh, oh, shit. The, I don't know tell, tell me about this uh, i haven't seen it either and i really want to see it don't spoil yeah i won't spoil right. i think it's a, well, first, it's an Aronofsky film, so it's it's really a metaphorical film. Like yeah. nothing that happens in the movie should be taken literally. Yeah. Uh, but it is a really good movie mm. that errs on the side of pretentious, mm. but not in a bad way. I think it's a pretentious movie. I mm. think it's a pretentious metaphor. But I like the filmmaking, and I think that what we got for the filmmaking mm. and the allegory that Aronofsky was making, I mm. think it works really well. I like the movie. All right. But I can understand why everyone's like, "Fuck this movie." Mm. Yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> I, I personally liked it. I think it's a good... I, I think it's really interesting filmmaking, uh, I'm at least. I'm interested to see see the movie now. Because yeah. usually like, when a movie gets the uh, pretentious label or a movie that's yeah. trying to be smarter than it is, you automatically don't want to fuck with this I, movie at all. I hated God the movie for the first 40 minutes. Yeah. The first 40 minutes, I fucking hated this movie. Okay. The but, Neon Demon. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> fuck that movie. Uh, but like the first 40 minutes of Mother, I was really like annoyed by it. I was like, ah, fuck you, Aronofsky. Mm. But after that, I, it really... It, it gets interesting. It, okay. just, it just gets weird and, and bizarre and the allegory starts showing up and it stops being more obtuse and it starts being a little bit more direct. Yeah. I, think, I can't I think wait to see this. Me too. I, really I probably won't be able to see it like mm. until it's probably like close to out of theaters though because mm. I um I actually, I don't know if you guys have heard of this but I just signed up for this subscription. Like this is not an ad by the way. <laughs> I have heard of it. I, yeah. uh, I got Movie Pass. Yes. Movie oh. Pass is, um, it's this thing that's like 10 bucks a month like Netflix basically mm-hmm. and um, so what you're able to do with it is um, you're able to go see one movie a day uh, every day for the month. Like, mm-hmm. so um, uh, I basically like one ticket, one movie ticket nowadays is, you know, like average 10 bucks, about yeah. 10 bucks. So mm-hmm. like if you, if you only see one movie for the duration of the month, like it already pays for itself. So yeah. like huh. me, I'd probably go see a movie at least two or three times a month at the very least um, that I, and so, like, that would definitely pay for itself. So I'm pretty definitely. excited for that. But, like, they've – since they, like, lowered the price to the subscription because it used to be, like, I think, like, 30 or 40 bucks. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. Um, like, the demand has obviously, like, super-duper yep. increased. So, yeah. like, they don't have the supply of, like, the cards. It's like you get a debit card that basically, like, they, they pay the theater. You pay them for the subscription kind of thing. Okay. Um uh, so like I probably won't be able to use it for like another like two or three weeks. That's yeah. what they said the shipping estimate on it was, and I was like, oh man, like I really want to see it. I really want to see Mother, and I want to mm-hmm. see Kingsman. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah, it's a lot of movies, man. Yeah, yeah. like this one. Uh, it seems like it's really worth it, but I feel like it's gonna peter out like at some point. Like like they're just gonna be like, this is not cost effective, but I'm gonna take advantage yeah. of it. They need nice. to add something in there because I was gonna get it too, but like whenever I go to see a movie, I need nachos and a drink. Yeah, you know, I need both of them. So if you can put, I will pay. 
$15 a month as long as I can get like my free one thing of nachos and cheese and my drink as well. That's o- fair. O- That's not bad, no. Otherwise, I'm just going to go online and then pay the senior citizen price for a ticket mm-hmm. and then go there with my discounted ticket. You know? <laughs> it was like, oh, it's, oh, it's uh, so How do you, you can get away with that? Fuck yeah. You can, you can buy yourself a kid's ticket if you want. But it's like you can't see rated R movies with the kid's ticket. Well, obviously. You know, so like you can get yourself a senior citizen's discount, but you have to do it online and then get, get it through the other uh, kiosk or whatever. And when you go through the line, they never look to see kids or whatever. They look well, to see where you at. We can't put this on the internet now because now like the All FBI the is going to come for you. I, I heard about this from a very other popular podcast <laughs> that's much more highly acclaimed than we are. <laughs> I think okay. we're fine. Yeah. yeah. We're probably fine. So uh, movie pass, so sponsor us. Let's, let's get this done. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> uh, this episode yeah. was brought to you by no, movie I'm just pass. Kidding. <laughs> uh, anything else before I cut it off so uh, we can talk? No? Yeah. We're good? We're good? Cool. Yeah. All right. So we're going to cut and then we're going to talk about uh, Sociopath as avatars in films. Hey, hey. Cheers. And welcome back. Uh, so we're going to be talking about uh, sociopath yeah. as avatars in films. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alyssa, this was your idea. Yeah, this so. was. Uh, this is kind of like one of my favorite things to talk about. Mm-hmm. Like, like how, um, like psychopaths, sociopaths, like, or or just horror in general, like, acts as sort of like a, like I guess like a metaphorical like allegory thing. Just in general, like like. Even if it's not the explicit purpose of the film, like that's the way it usually ends up being. And especially with like the um the selections that I sort of pulled for this topic mm-hmm. are definitely like explicitly going for that kind of thematic thing. So I uh I think American Psycho, this is one of my favorite movies. I love this movie. Really um it is is definitely like one of those movies that sort of explicitly has that sort of theme to Patrick it. Bateman. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> Patrick Bateman is an icon. <laughs> it is. Oh, before I, before we get too far into it, I want to describe what a sociopath is, so we know exactly. what Oh we're yeah, talking what about. we're yeah. talking about. Perfect. Yeah. yeah, perfect. A uh, sociopath is a person with a personality disorder manifesting itself in extreme antisocial attitudes and behavior and a lack of conscience. Um, they also have a superficial charm and good intelligence, absence of delusions and other signs of irrational thinking, absence of nervous, nervousness or neurotic manifestations, and a lack of remorse or shame. Uh, they said that this, the characteristics between a sociopath and a psychopath are pretty similar, the difference being that uh, it is thought that sociopaths may be able to form a deep bond, and uh, like such with a family maybe, and a psychopath cannot. Okay, cool. Yeah. So that's something that we've seen with, uh, with Hannibal uh, last week, that he was oh, able yeah. to form a bond with, uh, with Clarice. Yep. So he would be more a sociopath then. Yeah. All that right. makes sense. Uh, so you were saying about American Psycho and Nightcrawler? Oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 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 Three of a game. I'm so sorry. <laughs> well, uh, I think I'm really glad that, that you went through, like you actually like described the, the actual definition of it, because I think because they they don't have this empathy it's hard for the um the audience to obviously empathize with a character who doesn't have empathy yeah. and and so it it allows them to be this sort of like uh an avatar or just sort of a, a representation manifestation mm-hmm. of something that is a more of like a societal problem rather than just okay they're a character mm-hmm. it, it allows you to like basically make them a blank canvas to to represent an issue mm-hmm. you, you know so yeah. um <clears throat> I, I wanna. Think, I think it's interesting that you mentioned like the whole empathize with a character that doesn't have empathy thing, uh, because Nightcrawler for me is exactly that in terms of filmmaking. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. For you to make uh, an audience empathize with something, and this is this is an idea that I got from a YouTube channel called Lessons from the Screenplay. Mm-hmm. He did an episode of Nightcrawler 
specifically where he talks about how to empathize with the anti-hero of yeah. the movie. Mm-hmm. And the idea of, of empathy is like the way that you empathize with someone that doesn't have empathy in a movie is that mm-hmm. we empathize with why they do the things that they do yeah. instead of like the moral code. Mm-hmm. So like in, 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 Amer- in Nightcrawler, uh, Lou, the reason we empathize with Lou is we see his characteristic, he's a hard worker yeah. and he's polite. Mm-hmm. Even though that politeness is off, we sort of see those qualities and we start... Uh, sort of understanding why he does the motives of the, that he does. And as the movie progresses, we see Lou get more pressure and more pressure from the influences around him, telling him to make to get better footage. Mm-hmm. Or like he he tastes failure at the time when the other guy gets the the exclusive. Yeah. And all of that stuff. And all of that serves to again point out that it's a it's a societal problem more than it's a character driven problem in this movies, which is a it's an interesting point. Because I think that a lot of these like sociopaths in movies are ex- exist explicitly to explore uh, sort of the, the the dark pieces of society that people don't want to explore that often, and this mm-hmm. allows them to project them into that character and then oh, see yeah. them happen. Mm-hmm. Which is uh, which is part of the reason why I love Nightcrawler. I couldn't really uh, watch yeah. it. Yeah, uh, Nightcrawler is super hard to watch. Uh, I've seen it. I think this last time that I watched it was my third time watching it, and it is just. <clears throat> to me, it's more disgusting every time I watch it yep. because wow. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like in a good way. Like it's a it's a great film because it like I think I think a great film is something that really does like reach you on that level where you feel like something physical about it. Like whether it's it's uplifting or whether it's something like Nightcrawler where like it it makes my fucking skin crawl. Nightcrawler is very yeah. uplifting in my opinion. Really? It is. I mean, but the director agrees with you. Yeah, yeah. It's like I, I mean, very much. I mean, when I look at a person like uh, what is his name, uh, Lewis Bloom, I compare him to someone like a Kobe Bryant in basketball. Mm-hmm. You know, Kobe Bryant, I'm like, oh, I have a torn Achilles. Okay, you're not going to be able to do anything. Oh, nope. I'm still going to work through this pain. Be like, hold on, bro, just sit down for a month. Be like, no, I'm going to work through the pain and get to the next step because if I'm not doing it, then there's another million people that are going to try to get to where I'm getting to. Lewis Bloom is like, well, I can just wait on this equipment and not team up with this guy or. Or I could kill the guy. Or I could do this. You know, it's like for him, it's the end. Yeah. The yeah. end justifies the means. It's like it doesn't matter what you have to do to get to where you want to get to. Pure ambition. It's just pure ambition and drive and dedication and nothing can get through in your way. I like that you perspective know? on it, actually, because I, I actually have a, a tendency to really enjoy characters like that mm-hmm. in, in different media that are just like purely ambitious characters. Yeah. Um, I've from listening to the podcast before I know you've watched Game of Thrones love it yes yeah and Peter Baelish for mm-hmm. me is oh my god he's one of my favorite characters in anything because ha- he is just he will do anything ultimate he, ambition he is, yeah. yeah and I, I guess like definitely like these characters like this come off as definitely skeevy a yeah. lot like like Lou Bloom like is mm. skeevy as fuck very like, much he, uh, he will do anything to get where he needs to go and, and it's not it's not pleasant to watch all the time mm-hmm. it's not pleasant to watch but like it can be like inspirational even though these characters obviously take it to uh like a very negative extreme like yeah. it, like i i understand that like so i i hadn't thought about that before in relation to nightcrawler but i definitely agree with you now it, yeah it depends on where uh where their end result is for someone yeah. like peter baelish we got to see where his end result was oh a yeah ago. <laughs> so it's like if his character would have been uh someone that got away from everything got away from it all and, and ended up winning yeah then i'm like okay you know this character is completely a sociopath he cares about nothing but himself <laughs> Yeah. But in the end result, he was so um, on his game that he was able to beat everybody else out. You know, yeah. same thing with Lewis Bloom. Like, you're not a character that I should be rooting for and wanting to win. Like, the good guy should be winning, the person that's doing everything right. But you're doing everything so um, 
the way that you want to do it that nobody can do anything else about it. So yeah, like, you know, it's all it's all about the the motivation, really. Yeah, yeah. and 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 that's it, it's so it's so cool that we're all agreeing with that motivation thing because that's that's really what it is. Uh, like when you the the thing about empathizing with the lack of empathy, mm. that's really what it comes down to. Like to get an audience to to you know feel that and root for that guy. Yeah, you need to make his motive explicit. So that we as an audience understand what's happening. Because yeah. empathy really is understanding yep. the character. So uh, I think that sociopaths in film, when they turn, when they turn cartoonish or when they turn, or oh, they're yeah. not quite good, yeah. they, they shy away from that. They, instead of understanding what's happening, they just sound like evil for they the just, sake of being yeah, evil. Say, yeah, well, which, I, which is not, it's not interesting. Like, it's really not. Yeah. The, I, I think the, the only times it's interesting when it's obviously like a self-parody of the genre. Or, oh, yeah. Or something like that. But other than that, uh, when, when like characters or like the sociopathic characters starting to cartoon to themselves, mm. what we start lacking is the ability to understand what they're doing. Yep. Uh, and that's when the movie, I think, yeah. turns bad. Yeah. Um, uh, go ahead. I, yeah, American Psycho, I, Love. upon this watching of it, like, mm. I, I understood more of Patrick Bateman's motivation mm. um it, it uh because like he's in this super corporate super elite job makes tons of money mm. all the time but he has to put on this face of what he is he is this elite he is this perfect um perfect man so to speak oh yeah but, yeah the yeah. perfect man as a as a lot of people See it, it. Yeah. yeah. Successful, ambitious, you know, has women, has money, mm. has style, has fashion, takes care of himself, has nice things, it has taste. Um, there's a scene in the movie uh, that I especially loved this time watching mm -hmm. it, and they're in um they're in a ref uh, restaurant, and uh, they start talking about oh well, what's important to talk about, and he just rattles off this like. It's just so monotone. It's just this little speech about like, oh well, people are dying and 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 blah blah blah. Like all these like, uh, we got to end world hunger. But he says it in this like most like monotone <laughs> yep. like like way. Like it, it it's obvious. Like the way he's saying it is like, okay, well these are things that I'm supposed to care about, yep. right. but I don't actually care about them. I care about them on the surface level because mm. it 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 is showing like. Uh, this is what I'm supposed to be. Like, right. This is what I'm supposed to. And that's this about. layer of this, like, is, this is the yeah. disguise. Yeah. The whole. I mean, the whole movie explicitly mm -hmm. is about. Um, I mean, about masks. Like, mm -hmm. it literally, one of the um, the first scenes in the movie is him uh, going through his whole like uh, morning routine. Morning routine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, his like workout routine and his like uh, health and beauty routine, if you will. And it's all about him. Uh, adding and removing masks, like both in his monologue and explicitly visually, and I think that's super cool. I, didn't notice that I love, time. I love yeah. any, um, really any media that like uh, sort of goes into the theme of masks and what masks we show to the world. Those, that, those rem that reminds me of um, like a what's the, like the Miss America thing. Mm -hmm. It's like it seems like so pretty and, and nice and everything, but in whenever I watch it, it's just like dark and the the worst because you get on there and just like you said with patrick bateman is what do we talk about and there's like oh let's let's end world hunger that's what we're talking about <laughs> yeah and you'll see you'll see them say that and then she looks so beautiful and pretty and she's saying let's end world hunger but the darkness before that like what did you have to do to have that 
body to stand on that stage. What are you? What are your coping mechanisms? You know, to deal with the life that you're you know, you're putting on to to wear this mask. And that same thing we're seeing with Patrick Bateman is what what are your coping me- mechanisms? Do you have to beat hookers? Do you have to kill people? Do you have to do drugs in order to maintain this mask that he's wearing every single day? Yeah. Right. Uh, I I I, th- I never. I never thought about like the Patrick Bateman sort of putting on mask in the yeah. morning or like the symbol of that. I think that's, oh that's yeah, really cool. like he has like mm-hmm. a like uh like the f- ice mask kind of thing mm-hmm. like for his mm-hmm. eyes like puffy eyes or whatever. Yeah. And then uh he literally like as he's like like talking like the last like putting in Sort I know of like the like hammering in his concept, like he peels off this mask. It is so cool. Like it's one of my like favorite shots. Like it gives me goosebumps. It's huh. so great. Interesting. Uh, the the other like fascinating aspect about like these car- car- the, the sort of characters in movies is that they serve to explore the like the the their exaggerations of a specific trait mm. that filmmakers want to explore. So I think Patrick Bateman would count I think as like vanity and and, and mm. sort of selfishness and obsession. Oh yeah. And oh like, yeah, the, yeah, just the superficiality and I think mm. it's even more appropriate that it's set um in in the 1980s cuz this is just uh, That's when people were like yeah. all pretending to be real. Oh yeah, I mean like cuz cuz the economy was great and stuff yep. like that, but um there is also this deep deep sense of like paranoia. Yeah. Uh I mean it was the Cold War era and like I think that's even like very slightly like touched on as as a thing in the film um towards the end. Um but it, it it it's a pervasive sense of like everything is good on the surface, but we are fucking terrified, mm-hmm. you know. And it's almost like very relatable to today, even like look yeah. at all this stuff that we're into on social media, and look at all that blah blah blah. But yeah. like everything is terrifying. Yes, <laughs> it's like the opposite of that Lego movie song. Yeah, well, everything is awesome. Everything is awesome. Yeah. Everything is terrifying. Yeah, people are crying and dying. That'd be an awesome song for kids. <laughs> Uh, I think uh, there is a. Uh, I want to touch on. You said that the problem with like the sociopathic characters are not necessarily the characters themselves, but the, the environment a, yeah. that they create. And I think that in Nightcrawler, they do a very good job. And it's part of the reason why I love this movie, despite the fact that it took me a year and a half to fucking watch it because I was so uncomfortable that I had to keep restarting the fucking thing. Mm. Uh, like, it really does highlight the, the the hypocrisy in judging these characters. Yeah. Uh, where we are partaking in the environment that creates Absolutely. these characters as a society. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, Nightcrawler is really an, a, a result of, like, capitalistic, sens- sensationalist society oh, yeah. that mm-hmm. media has become. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Lou isn't necessarily... Uh, Lou Bloom isn't necessarily... Uh, a creation. He's not creating these conditions. He just happens to thrive in these conditions. Yeah. Perpetuating, yeah. Because they've been perpetuated, and because they're they're such preva- they're so prevailing in society. And he just happens because of sociopathic nature. He just happens to thrive Take in those conditions. It, yeah. there's, there's something that the movie Hill or High Water does as well. Mm-hmm. It's just like where the, the capitalistic um, ver- views of the society have turned. Instead of seeing it all in one character, we get to see it split between two brothers. Right. You know. I mean, I, I, I see what you're saying with that. Yeah. That's nice. So and, and so like when when these movies explore that, it also serves sort of like sure you're seeing one character be an exaggeration of one mm-hmm. particular trait yep. but in doing so the filmmakers i think are saying hey this is a mirror mm-hmm. uh, this is partly yeah. your fault yep. and and that's why those movies are so fascinating to me because when people watch those movies i feel sometimes they get stuck 
on the character, mm. and they refuse to look at what the, the character is what saying. What they're representing, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's super interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I uh, actually just finished up rewatching uh, the first and second season of Mr. Robot, which has a lot yes. to Ooh, talk nice. about. Uh, yeah, I love that show. It's probably my favorite show on television right now, and you're I can't wait for it to. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? So you're going to have to be back on the show. I oh, love yeah. We're going to, so yeah. Awesome. <laughs> uh, it comes back in October, and mm-hmm. I am so ready. Yep. Um, but a lot of uh, a lot of the thematic material in that show is talking about like the elite and people who are like the one percent. They have a lot of money and and they don't care how how what they do affects the people who do live a normal life, the people who are in the lower class and stuff like that. Yeah. And um, after watching that, uh, rewatching it really, and and then going back to American Psycho, mm. uh, I saw a lot how that movie sort of represents that too. Like, uh, even though obviously Patrick Bateman is explicitly like, like killing and murdering people of a lower class, like that's what it is. Mm -hmm. It's because of where, like the kind of character he is, he is a affluential businessman, you know, makes Mm -hmm. six figures, um, super rich guy. He is the elite. He is the 1%. Like, this is almost like like reaching i feel like it almost is but it's like it's it's really not because at the end of the movie he's talking about like as much as i do these things i don't care who it affects and Mm. and and because he is this character he's in in this position of extreme privilege and it shows him not giving a fuck about like these people who are lower class and and literally like destroying their lives and he's talking about how he doesn't care whose lives he destroys like mm-hmm. that is definitely like like talking about like the predatory nature of our capitalist structure yep. mm-hmm. yeah of the elite like they like they are so detached from what the real world really is and how the real world really works for the regular people in it that they mm-hmm. don't care who it affects like and and that really like hit home for me this time mm-hmm. when i was watching it that's a part of american psycho that a lot of people don't yeah because i get the it's 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 a, it's a shame because a lot of these movies you have to watch like five times before yeah you get past the <laughs> yeah you get past the sort of like the character, Edgy, and the yeah, yeah. character. Yep. Uh, but really the american psycho is just a commentary on capitalistic society oh yeah how it affects people and how it creates a it's a super like, layered movie yeah. like uh when I mean, when I first watched it, I was like, yeah, like I first watched it when I was like middle school. I, I remember the first time I watched it, like my parents weren't home and I saw it on the DVD shelf and it was like rated R for all these edgy things. And I was <laughs> like, oh, I can watch this now because my parents aren't home. And like, uh, so like it's a it's like a really edgy movie, but like every time I watch it, I get a little something different out of it. And mm, and so like it's very it's very layered for me and I like it like. I like how um, Lewis Bloom, how y'all were saying, is just, I think you're right. He's just the the embodiment and the personification of what society has become, you know, right. with uh, the capitalistic nature. So, I mean, he's just the 100% personification of it. He is that, you know. Yep. So, I mean, I guess that's why I liked him so much. He took everything that was thrown at him and he became it. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, yeah. Uh, and, and, th- and this is like the idea that I really like, like hammering on, which is the idea that's most on my notes, mm-hmm. is that these characters are, again, an exaggeration of the things yeah. that we are unwilling to admit. Mm. Like, if, if we were able to be Lou Bloom, 
a lot of people would choose to be a character like Lou Bloom uh, in terms of like. A, in I terms don't know. Of I would rather be that. Patrick Bateman. I, I want. <laughs> I want to like dress in Armani. Like <laughs> I. Uh, I wrote this in my notes. This is hilarious to me. Like this. Um, uh, after he kills Paul Allen, which mm-hmm. is like one of the most iconic scenes mm-hmm. in film history, just. You like Huey Lewis in the news? <laughs> like uh, I love that whole yes. scene. I love that. It was my one of my favorite scenes ever. Oh, like this man. this this movie is just full of gems like yeah. that. But um uh, and he's taking he's taking his body down to the car and he's putting it in the trunk of the car and and so um one of his like uh, his associates come by he's like Patrick it's so good to see you oh where did you and he, and he's like loading a body into the trunk <laughs> and all this person cares about is like where'd you get that overnight bag yeah. and he's like it's Jean Paul Gaultier and I'm like I when I want when I die if I get or if I get brutally murdered please mm. bury me in a Jean Paul Gaultier yes. fucking like overnight bag like mm. that's um that's my life goal <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Would not even have noticed that. Yeah. <laughs> so apart from the world of fashion. Yeah. So Kanye told me all about Jean-Paul Gaultier. All about it. Love it now. So yeah. <laughs> Can't afford it. But yeah. <laughs> Looks great. Oh, I also I also love um like it's so fucked up, but like uh the when he actually goes to wherever he goes to mm-hmm. to pick up the the hooker that he's eventually gonna murder, but mm-hmm. whatever. And uh but whatever. But Did whatever. I really <laughs> just say that? But Whatever. I mean, it's a part of life, you know. Yes. Hookers are born, yeah, they die, <laughs> murdered. You know, <laughs> that's so what happens. Dark. <laughs> um, but he's like, "Do you take a credit card?" <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> the humor. Do you guys have a favorite uh, psychopath or sociopath from a movie? Uh, yeah, I from actually, a movie. I don't know. I was gonna mention this one, mm-hmm. but I think Heather is this one. It's my favorite. Ooh, oh, sociopath um, as a Christian character. Slater. Christian Slater mm-hmm. and Winona Davis too. Winona she's writer. Not, yeah, yeah, writer. Sorry, mm-hmm. she's not. She's not necessarily away from the sociopath. You're right. You're 100. Right, uh, yeah. I think Heather's is one of those movies which I didn't even think about until you started talking about oh, Patrick shit. Bateman. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Heather's is definitely one of those movies where like. Society, like the product, these people are a product of the superficialness yeah. that society has, has sort of created. Yeah. And and they're born out of this need to like connect more deeply with mm. people rather than like the superficial, like, hi, how you doing? Try not to kill yourself. Don't mm. do it. The bullshit. Yeah. Uh, so I think uh, Christian Slater and Wanana Ryder from Heathers are my personal favorite examples mm. of how society can create these sociopathic characters and what actions they they can take even though they seem exaggerated mm. to sort of uh make a commentary on 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 that society or to disrupt that society they're sort of sociopathic anarchists and mm. i think I, I i i fucking i fucking love that i think it's just a good example of of this trope oh yeah yeah. My, I think mine is going to be uh i don't know if i'm pronouncing his name right because they really said his name in the movie in no country for old men uh chigger or right. is that how you pronounce his name? Uh, we end up talking about uh, Javier Bardem. Yeah, Javier Bardem. Yeah. Um, the, him, because in, in that, of all sociopaths, psychopaths, usually I can find something like relatable, but like, oh, yeah, well, he really loves his mom, or he really cares for this person. You know, it's like he can no find something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you can find something in the character, and uh, or even with uh, Louis Bloom, you can understand why he's doing these mm. things. But with Javier Bardem and, and No Country for Old Men, I couldn't find anything to connect with his character whatsoever. Like, the, the most human thing he would do was flip a coin to decide your fate. Right. You know, but outside of that, it's just there was no rational 
no reason, you know, why he did the things he did, in my opinion, you know. But, okay. but, but I, that's why I loved him so much because I could never get a, a finger on his craziness. You know, it was like he, he seemed like he had compassion, but that compassion was only due to the flip of a coin. Right. You know, so to even flip the coin in the first place, you know, shows some level of uh, empathy or sympathy towards other human beings, you know, but if the coin flips the wrong way, you'll just as easily murder a, a baby. Oh, yeah. Right. It's, yeah. it's the... It's arbit it's it's the arbitrary sort of distinction there. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, but he's he's my favorite just because it's just insanity, pure insanity for me, I feel like. Cool. I don't know if I, I have uh, a distinct favorite because that's not surprisingly something that I've, I've actually thought about as mm -hmm. much as I love this topic that I that to have a favorite. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um <laughs> I don't know. Like recently, I uh, I watched uh, American Horror Story Hotel, um, mm. which I it's had. It's the Gaga one, isn't it? Oh yes, it's yeah. the Gaga one. <laughs> and I. Uh... <laughs> Sorry. <go ahead>. <laughs> <laughs> she plays herself in that show. It's glorious. Nice. Um, nice. But uh, this is probably not my favorite, but it's a recent favorite. But I love Evan Peters' character in that mm. um, because. I just love I just love psychopaths that just like they know they're fucking psychopaths and yeah. they just have a good time with it. And that's actually <laughs> kind of that whole season of that show. Like I wish that season of that show was its own show and not a part of American Horror Story because whenever I mention American Horror Story, I'm like, oh, I don't People know if I want to mention American Horror Story. Oh. Yeah, like because uh, it's so hit and miss for me. But like I yeah, I just I love I love the psychopaths that like they are over the top. They're not realistic. They're like, yeah, I'm I'm a fucking psychopath. Like, Mm -hmm. um, mm, I'm just going to have fun with that. Yeah. My least favorite sociopath mm -hmm. slash psychopath of any piece of content has to be Dexter from Dexter. Oh, He's no. He's so boring. I fucking oh, no. hate Why? the show Dexter. No, Brian. <laughs> you don't no. like it? I like season one through three of Dexter. I love I like season, season one. one. I like season one. Oh, man. That's the, the one thing I'll that's the ice cream, uh, the ice cream truck yep. killer. That's season one. Anything past that, I don't give a fuck. They had the Trinity killer in season three with John Lithgow. It was amazing. I oh, just didn't man. care about Dexter as a character. Okay. Because like it, it comes back to the thing like why we understand why Lou Bloom does what he does. Mm -hmm. I didn't understand what Dexter was doing any other thing he did. Look, sure, he had past trauma. Yeah, he had father issues. He had daddy issues. Yeah. yeah. But I just feel but, like none yeah, of that was explored. Yeah, that's not like a really good like grounds for it. It's not compelling. It's like, oh, yeah, he's a psychopath and he kills people. But he thinks he's doing a good thing by killing people. Mm -hmm. But he really just wants to kill people. And that's <laughs> it. Yeah. That's it. That's it for like six seasons, seven seasons? Five yeah. or six. Yes, yeah. yeah. After three, I can't really get with it behind it anymore. Yeah. But yeah, I see what you're saying. It's just like he thinks that he's doing a good job by murdering off evil people. He's becoming the the judge and jury, you know, right. for, for the evil. But who is the judge and jury for him? I mean, and, and that can be an interesting concept. Like mm -hmm. the, who watches the, 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 the character of the Punisher. <laughs> nice. The character of the of the Punisher is that same concept. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Sucking Watchmen. They just made that joke. Yeah. Yeah. The Watchmen are a good iteration of that concept. Yeah. Uh, and, and yeah. Specifically, Rorschach mm. uh, yeah. in, in, that, in that piece of media. But so, like, I get it, but uh, Dexter is my least favorite, I think, I just because he's yeah, not compelling. Yeah, I, I think the mm. sort of, like... Um, questioning the, uh, the moral nature of a... Um, what is the word I'm trying to think of? Moral nature of a character no 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 not a character like a uh oh, not a oh my god it just like exited just, my head that happens man mm -hmm. but i feel you 
Oh, oh. Uh, a vigilante character. No, no, no. The questioning the morality of a vigilante character is something that's played out, but also still like still appropriate in a lot of ways. Like, um, here we go going back to anime a bit, but yeah. like Boku no Hero Academia. Yeah. Is, uh, oh. It's <laughs> so definitely good. like big into questioning mm. that, which I need to catch up on that show. So Hero, I'm not going to uh, like talk too much about it, but like, but I love what that show does with that theme. Yeah. Have you guys caught up with uh, the the hero killer arc? Yep. Uh, Stain? Yes. I've seen up to the end of season one. Okay. Stain's fine. not really a bad guy, is he? Uh, uh, we don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's, right. that's <laughs> the thing. We're just kind of like, what the fuck? Pretty is ambiguous, he? yeah. Uh, so, like, I feel like those, those are interesting iterations of that character. Yeah. Uh, the one thing I do want to end with uh, before... Uh, I, I got a sociopath that I didn't like. Oh, uh, which one? Um, Joker from Suicide Squad. Uh, oh, I don't blame God, him. yeah. No, All right. But the Joker from Dark Knight was awesome. Amazing. Yeah. He yeah. your hells, yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, fucking Suicide Squad, man. Yep. I just like Jake Gyllenhaal <laughs> as this type of character because oh, Jake yeah. Gyllenhaal... He's like so beautiful, mm-hmm. um, but also <laughs> like, how do you do this skeeziness? Yeah. If you, if okay, so if you want to see Jake Gyllenhaal being a skeezy psychopath, demolition. Uh, oh, I haven't seen that one yet. I haven't he's, seen yeah, that he's either. A psychopath in that too. There's actually this really fun music video. It's like a, it's like almost like a nine minute long music video, and it's called "Time to Dance." And I can't remember the name of the artist of the uh, of the song, mm-hmm. but it's. It's so it's so gleeful. It's just like uh, it's it's actually Panic like Gi- uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. What's that? Panic at the Disco, Tom to dance. No, 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 no. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not not uh, not Panic at the Disco for sure. I uh, it's some French. Is Jake uh, Gyllenhaal in it? Jake Gyllenhaal. Gyllen- yeah, whatever. However you pronounce Gyllenhaal. his name. Oh, the, sh- the shoes. Yes, yes, yes. That right. one. Cool. Uh, he's actually playing more of like a American psycho kind of a psychopath, where it's like he's these are the pressures of society and and how I have to put on this blah 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 and here's how I work through these frustrations of real life but he's killing people so it's cool. fun I will watch the shit out of that yeah <laughs> uh, the one thing I want to end with which is another quote from Lessons from the Screenplay which is one of my favorite YouTube channels I definitely need to check that out uh, they, they essentially they're more on the writing side of things so like they analyze the script and like yeah. how the script is, eff- is effective mm. uh, but my favorite one of my the quotes from this episode is like when we empathize with someone we wouldn't normally someone we may not even deem likable, mm-hmm. and look at the world through their eyes, we have a fantastic opportunity to learn about ourselves. I, I've been saying this since uh, the first episode of, uh, of For Film's Sake, mm-hmm. that um, from watching, growing up in a black neighborhood, like this is the only thing that I understand. I can only sympathize or empathize with other people with things that I understand. But then you start to watch uh, I Love Lucy or Friends, something that's completely different. But I'm like, okay, now I can understand why this is funny or why this white person will interact with this white person like this, completely out of my structure of uh, empathy and sympathy. And I feel like the more that we're able to go outside of our uh, our boundaries of what we find comfortable in television, movies, or just entertainment in general, mm-hmm. then the more we'll be able to stretch our levels of empathy, you know, or sympathy at least, yeah. you know, and, and just we mean anything these characters and stop putting ourselves in the box of the things that we understand and can relate to. I mean, if we stretch it out, then we'll be able to understand and relate to a good deal of more people yeah. and uh, entertainment uh, choices as well. Yeah, and and, and, Absolutely. And, I, and I think this is not only true for like these sort of sociopathic characters, but yeah. I think that's the beauty of filmmaking, the mm-hmm. beauty of telling a story or, or you know, every, any type of storytelling yeah. is the ability to put yourself through the eyes of someone else and understand yeah. the world a little bit differently. Oh, the yeah. interesting part about doing it through these characters, though, is that you get to explore things that people are unwilling to admit mm-hmm. more often than not. Yeah, because so get, they reach such depths of, right. of depravity. 
Yes. And, and, and I, think, I think that's a fantastic thing. We all thing. have those things inside us. Mm-hmm. If we're not willing to admit it, then... And, and if we're not willing to admit that there are dark things in mm-hmm. this world, that there are things that are extremely messed up that happen in this world, and we live our, in our lo- own little bubble, we're never going to find true happiness. But if we also dwell on those things, then we're never going to tr- find true happiness either. It's, right. it's, it's sort of understanding that those things are something that exists in our world and accepting that and moving on with your life the fact that it's it's almost like a in a sense it's it's almost uh related to sort of like an optimistic nihilism you know yeah, which is my favorite concept yeah in, absolutely in, in entertainment nowadays lately optimistic nihilism i like that uh but and yeah and like you said like part of like why these characters become avatars for us is because we can learn through their ashes and through their mm-hmm. own depravity where our own limits lie yeah. Yeah. and the fact that we can accept whether those limits are comfortable or uncomfortable to mm-hmm. us and adapt to that. And I think that that's really the true value of the American psycho-esque characters or the Nightcrawler-esque characters and the mm-hmm. sociopaths and the society that creates them, Yeah, yeah. ultimately. Uh, Even something like a, like a Clockwork Orange. Yeah. yeah. Which is, Alex, yeah. yeah, yeah. Orange, yeah. I, I wrote that down here because I absolutely I don't like that movie. I really don't. Yeah, I want uh, that. I want. Uh, this is probably a topic for mm-hmm. another episode, but I really want that movie to be remade. I really want it to be remade. Oh, in- God. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, no. Oh. I, I don't oh. want the... Okay, let me put it this way. That's I a great movie. No, 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 no. Okay, let me put it this way. Let oh. me put it this way. No, the Stanley Kubrick film, the mm. film, the movie is perfect. It's okay. a great film. I love that yes. film. I want the book, the book. to be remade okay. into a separate film. A whole different screenplay. Yes, oh, yes, yep. yes, 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 right. yes, yes. Okay, Okay. Yeah. yeah, no, I don't... I do oh. not want a remake of Stanley Kubrick. Please me. do not do this. <laughs> no one do this. I will find oh. you. <laughs> will oh, goodness. You. I was like, let's remake no, 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 no. <laughs> no, fuck no. No. <laughs> but I think, I think, uh, is it yeah. because you want to... It needs to be reinterpreted. Yeah. I agree. Right. Yeah, yeah, I agree yeah, 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 yeah. It needs to be updated. Yes. Cool. That would yeah. be nice to see. I, I actually, I, I hate that movie and I hate that character, but I think it's an interesting character mm. because it, it explores the relationship of like, are we, are, are these characters born like this or can they be nurtured to be that or be otherwise? And I think that's the only plus side that uh, Clockwork yeah. has. I, I want to. I, I have a running theory that mm-hmm. the things that you say that you hate, you mm-hmm. actually don't know that you love them. Really? <laughs> that <laughs> might be true. Yes, because it's, it's not like you're saying like I, I just didn't really like this as much. Mm-hmm. Like hate is strong as fuck. It's a strong. Yeah, so hate, to, hate is a powerful it's, emotion, it's powerful Brian. <laughs> so it's like you to be that powerful, like why, put that much energy into not liking it. I think you secretly might. I watched. This that is movie. why I'm so salty about the Neon Demon. Like a year and a half after it came out, because secretly I love it. It's it's disgusting and awful, I and know it's that's just true. like. I don't so. know if that's true. <laughs> it, it might I, be. It might be. I, I've might be gone on, on the most passionate, hateful rants about that movie yeah. as much as I've gone on any passionate, like adoring <laughs> rant about anything. Yeah, so yeah. you got you might be on to something uh, there. Maybe. Maybe. We'll see that. There's something about like and, and the reason I, I really hate the Clockwork Orange. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying I dislike, I yes. genuinely you, hate that you, movie. You hate all right. I've seen it two times, mm-hmm. and both times the entire movie, I was so like, the movie's fantastically well made, mm-hmm. yeah. but I was so uncomfortable that I couldn't find myself to have any other emotion than actual hate for what's happening on screen. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I, and, that, and that's perfectly fine. This it got an actually, emotional reaction yeah. Yeah. for me. This is actually how I kind of feel about uh, 
you know, on paper, everything about it is something that I would absolutely love. And I love, I do love it as a film. Like I, I love what it represents and I love, uh, the influence that it's had on filmmaking in general, but I actually feel this way about 2001, a space odyssey. Like that movie puts me the fuck to sleep. It's really, it's a really boring movie. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Same thing with Blade Runner. Like everything about it on paper. I I absolutely love. I, yeah, I love it. Like, like, uh, the, I love I love I lo- yeah I love like uh, like artificial intelligence and I love Harrison Ford and I love cyberpunk and I love the whole aesthetic but like that movie puts me the fuck to sleep. <laughs> no, I yeah, I don't I don't understand the uh, two thousand. I mean the uh, Blade Runner. I no. do, I don't understand it and I like tech, techno movies my, myself, but I didn't get it and I didn't like it. But um, two thousand and one, I've heard a number of people say that that movie is boring to them, and I, I don't. I don't that movie is absolutely. I guess it's just because it's slow. Yeah. yeah, I mean the movie's absolutely a short to get through. It's not an easy movie to watch. Yeah. I, I disagree, but uh, it's like I don't, I don't, I, I would that would be a different topic for a different days. Like why? Yeah. Are you doing <laughs> this? But yeah, all right. Let's talk about Stanley Kubrick. Yeah, we, we actually did. We did an episode on Stanley Kubrick. Oh yeah, oh that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah, I completely forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Uh, anyway, point is, uh, Sociopathic Avatars. I think it's a really interesting, uh, f- like filmmaking avenue to mm-hmm. explore. And I really want to see what comes out of it in the next couple of years, like whenever these guys start showing up again. Because every time they show up in a generation of filmmaking, they're saying something else. Like in about the society. 80s, they were kind of like funny and quirky and trying to be, uh, trying to say something about society in a yeah. way that seemed uh, lighthearted and fun. Uh, but when Nightcrawler came out, it's very much like a bleak outlook on the character. I think the the next version of it, if we get it five or ten years from now, is going to be more of a uh, passive aggressive type person, a mm-hmm. person that's um, more smiley in your face and actually seems to be trying to help you, but has your worst interests. Oh yeah, in the, in the end. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I like the, to see that the character. sick mm-hmm. charm of of that. Mm-hmm. It's definitely something that's like part of uh, part of Lou Bloom's character um, for sure his, his his sickening charm yeah. um but I, I I think like uh it's it's less obtuse in that like it's more obvious like it, it is like superficial charm but mm. I would love to see something like you're talking about where it's actually like oh well actually this does seem like a charming person yes. because right. there are real people like that exactly. yeah. <laughs> yeah. which is the scariest part of it I yeah. um to just to uh, I guess top this off is like mm. I I wasn't. I'm not afraid of Patrick Bateman as a character because mm. I can't. I can't find myself uh, encountering a Patrick re- yeah, yeah, realistically encountering anyone like that who mm. is just you know just that rip, rip someone up yeah. with a fucking chainsaw. Like yep. wears business suits. Mm. Uh, really likes business cards. Yeah, really, really, I yeah. love that scene. So um, <laughs> but. The, what's most terrifying about like Lou Bloom, and he he legitimately is terrifying to me, uh, is that these are the kind of people that you can legitimately run into, yep. and you can think of a time in your life, a experience you had where you ran into a person like this, and yeah. and so going back to what you were saying is that if you can find yourself empathizing with those mm-hmm. really uncomfortable experiences that you've had with people like this. Mm-hmm then it, yeah it makes you question like how close are you to being a person like that how many steps away yeah. from that line are you or how many bad days from like that how many bad days how many bad days yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, i think it's a fa- it's a fascinating concept oh, and yeah. one that i am super interested to see in filmmaking nowadays but with that uh, i am going to cut the episode off and go back to the television and closing premieres and movie premieres hey so thank you guys we'll be right back Boop. And welcome back, uh, television and movie premieres. 
All right. Uh, TV and movie premieres from Tuesday, September the 26th through Monday, October the 2nd. Uh, the first one is going to be the day this is released, uh, Tuesday, September 26th, a show called 90s House. Does that mean anything to anybody? Is that like a parody of Full House? Uh, is that no- like a parody of That 70s Show? <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know, it, it says it's a reality show that's going to be on VH1 at 11 p.m. The only thing I seen oh. was 90s House, and like I'm a kid of the 90s, mm-hmm. so I, I just assumed that there will be like nostalgia everywhere. So. I- the way yeah. that I imagine it is kind of like that 70s shows, but based in the 90s instead of that. Because the 70s shows <laughs> were in the 90s, and it was based in the 70s. Mm. Uh, 90s house, like I want to see like um, NC, MC Hammer track pants, so like the hammer pants <laughs> dancing around. I want to see like vanilla ice haircuts and um, kid and play like type stuff. I want to see all 90s like everywhere. Huh. So um, I'll probably check that out and see what that's about. Uh, the next show is going to be the same day, Tuesday, September 26th, Big Bad Barbecue Brawl. Is this a mm. Guy Fieri? It's not Gauthieri. <laughs> it's not. But but it is it is a, a big bad barbecue brawl. That's full of alliteration. So they yeah. they, they must bar- know what they're doing. Big bad barbecue brawl. <laughs> <laughs> big dad barbecue brawl. Yeah, it's a, it's a reality cooking competition. That's on the, the next uh, daddy dating sin. Yeah, yeah. Nice. barbecue brawl. Yeah, that's no, that's the fighting game offshoot. <laughs> Did you hear about this, about the gay dad dating simulation? Gay dad dating sim- No, what? Yeah. No, what? Oh, <laughs> my God. What is this? <laughs> uh, the, the, do you know who Gingrums are? Uh, Gingram? Yeah, Gingrums. I've showed you a couple videos of them. They're like a, they're a comedy group that does Let's Plays on YouTube. Okay. They released a game called Dream Daddy. Uh, Dream Daddy? Similar? Yeah, it's called Dream Daddy. Dream Daddy? All right. uh, it's, uh, it's called, the full title is Dream Daddy, a dad dating simulator. There we go. Yeah. So it's essentially what? you're a single dad you're, that just yeah. moved into a town. Okay. Yeah. And it's a dating simulation where you go and like uh, you date other single dads. Yeah, it's single very dads. like it's very like I it's play I pl- it's yeah, it's actually like it <laughs> sounds like it's like something like mm, dirty, but it's yeah. really like I played the whole thing. I'm not going to lie like and it is like wholesome and yeah. heartwarming and uh, charming and adorable. I still, under- I still understand. It feels, it feels like this is like very niche. So like it I'm is like, very <laughs> niche. <laughs> okay, I'm like how is this finding an audience? It's it's hilarious because it is so niche, but like, but it's like so it's so niche, and the but that the way that they marketed it, yeah, it's actually like very accessible. Okay. I, I don't understand how they made something so niche so accessible. But, right. but it, moving it, on from that, it's, it's a fucking fantastic game, yeah. and that oh, reminded me of that. I'll have to check yeah. that out. It's, <laughs> So it's so dad. fantastic. Wow. Yeah, you make your own character and you go and date single dads. It's <laughs> nice. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the next the next thing is going to be the same day, Tuesday, September 26th. Is, um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine is coming back. Uh, yes, I, I heard that. I saw that in the ad in Hulu. Hell yeah. yeah. I, I'm just watching the first season, so I can't say that I'm excited, but I, that show is fucking good. Yeah. It'll be back on Fox at 9.30, so uh, get ready for that. Uh, the next thing is going to be on Netflix is Def Comedy Jam 25. It's a uh, comedy special. It's going to be that same day on Tuesday. Is that like the Def Comedy Jams that they used to do in, it in is. Hollywood? Exactly. Yeah, like those. HBO? From HBO, yeah, from uh, years and yeah. years ago. Yeah. I used to love those things. Yeah, man. Hell yeah. Um, Russell Simmons is still going to be hosting, I assume. Um, there was a uh, line of advertisements on billboards that was saying uh, Netflix is a joke. Did y'all see those at all? No. Um, it, yeah, there was it was within it was um it was like within promotions like they were putting it up themselves and making it look like other people were putting it up there, but no. Huh, interesting. But yeah, that is Def Comedy Jam twenty five is going to be on Netflix this Tuesday. Cool. Uh, next thing is Law and Order True Crime: The Mendez Murders. Why, why are you bringing that up? Why are you bringing Law and Order into this? 
Uh, this is, why, this is why, different. Why, this this why? is different. This is different. Is it? Oh, is it? Do you watch Law and Order? Uh, no, I fucking hate Law. <laughs> oh, why, why, why do you hate Law and Order? Because it's so bland. <laughs> How do you hate it? You know, it could just be like, you know, it's just over there. You know, it's whatever. Like it's this so thing, bland. Every like, time Law and Order comes on the telly, when I'm like watching telly downstairs, I immediately go ugh. And then search the channel. It's like the way that you describe it is like Law and Order came to your home and assaulted you. Yeah. And then, <laughs> <laughs> you know, law and Order. Special Law and Order Victims Unit. Yeah. Uh, but this one is different. This is the Mendez brothers. Like from for me when I was growing up, that was like the biggest thing until OJ Simpson happened. It mm-hmm. was these two um, twin Hispanic kids that murdered their parents. Right. And they were like my age. I was like, cool, I can just like kill my parents if it ever comes down to it. Okay. <laughs> you know, it's an option now. It's, it's a possibility. Now it's, it's a possibility. Yeah. And before it was not. Um, but the trials of the brothers brothers and um Edie Falco is going to be playing the defense attorney okay. uh, Edie, Edie Falco from um she's so good yeah from Nurse Nurse Jackie okay, from um, is, Sopranos yeah. mm-hmm. so many things uh, oh and um Horace and Pete cool uh, but that show is going to be on at 10 p.m. on NBC uh the next show Wait, is, is this a, a documentary or uh, uh, like a dramatization of it uh, it's, it's a series but it's a short series so it's only 10 episodes and then okay. it's over so it's under the law and order what the fuck it's under All the right. law and order uh, name a, the mendez I don't know, I, I'm, I'm like uh, i'm like a super fan of true crime mm-hmm. thing so like the only non-true crime series that's procedural that i enjoy mm-hmm. is the csi series okay anything other than that for me just feels like garbage what about the theme song uh, I can I can get behind the theme song. Yeah. That's the shit, bro. It sounds like a little bit like a porn, like when you're watching it. And it's like <laughs> the theme song is pretty lit. A, I call that genre murder porn, actually. Yeah. <laughs> true crime, man. Like I watch true crime. I can't watch Law and Order after watching like I'm, I mean I watch seven true documentaries and fucking Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah. Can't do it. Can't oh, do it. Same. Yeah. I mean yeah. I'm not gonna watch it either, yeah. but it's it's Edie Falco. She's awesome. She so if, if anybody follows her and you want to watch her do more stuff, then do uh, that. check don't, that out. Don't don't let my cynicism stop you. Yeah. Uh the next thing is gonna be a Lethal Weapon. It's a drama <laughs> on Fox what? at 8 p.m. <laughs> Yeah, this is a television show, not a movie. Yeah, this right. one is going to be Lethal Weapon, the television show. Oh, no. We talked about this, like, when they were starting to announce it. We were yep. just like, why the fuck are you making Lethal yep. Weapon into a not, show? Not going not gonna to watch that. <laughs> not going to do it. You know, but if, if, that's, if that's your bag, you know, Let's go for jump it, jump right in. Uh, the next thing, same day, like, all these things are Tuesday, September the 26th. Did, did you imagine uh, that, like, when they pitched a Lethal Weapon show to someone, they... Mm-hmm. they they brought a script to Danny Glover, and he said, "I'm too old for this shit." Get, yeah, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> it's the same thing, like with the. Do you know that Rush Hour has a television show now? Yeah, it's like you bring the script to Jackie Chan. It's like fuck out of here, man. Like, <laughs> I'm doing like five Rush Hour movies, and you think I'm about to sit here and do a half an hour sitcom about this shit? No. <laughs> Into my seventies? No, I'm not doing it, bro. I, I, I don't think you got the Mm-mm. you got the joke, but I'll take it. Oh, I'm sorry. What yeah. was the joke? Uh, he's like, someone took the script to him and he says, like, I'm too, I'm too old, old for this shit. Oh, because yeah. Lethal Weapon, I didn't watch those movies. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't watch those Lethal Weapon movies. All right. But Fuck I, it. It was, it was lost on me for the same reason. I'm very, I'm very sorry. <laughs> you laughed with me. I just, just laughed you're, because you're, it, it was you. Yeah, your laugh is very and infectious. And your laugh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> That's it, pretty much. Gonna fucking kill myself. <laughs> In the movie, there's a close-up of Danny Glover's face mm-hmm. every time he's about to do an action scene that's really important. He goes yeah. like, "I'm too old for this shit," yeah. and then they cut away from it. That's a fucking joke. I God mean, damn it! It's like you did like a, a Jaws joke, and you were like, "We're gonna need a bigger boat," and we blank stared your ass. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> 
It's <laughs> complete blank. So I'm like, what? I don't get it. What's the next fucking thing? <laughs> Jesus. Uh, the next show is um, <laughs> going to be The Mick. It's a comedy on Fox at 9 p.m. I'm surprised that this show got a season two, but it did. Um, I have no idea what it is. So. It's the, the woman from, um, from what, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. The blonde lady? Yep. I, I don't know her name, but I know who she is. Her name's Dee on the show, but I can't yeah. think of a real name either. But yeah, she's starring in her own show, and she got a season two. So nice. good shit. Like, I'll I fucks with you. Uh, the next show is going to be Thursday, September the 28th, season two of The Good Place. We were the talking good. about this. Yeah, yeah, we, we were. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're into the show, right? Yeah. Into uh, the good place? Yeah, Camille put me on, and uh, season two is going to be sh- uh, coming up. So this season show will be in hell with Adam Scott, I believe. Interesting. Yeah. Have you ever seen that? No, I have not. Mm-mm. Mm. I don't watch as much TV as I should. I'm very like picky, picky Same. choosy. That's understandable. Yeah. 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 Uh, next show is going to be Thursday, September the 28th. It's a show called Great News. It's a comedy on, at 9.30 on NBC. It said this Tina, is uh, Tina Fey. Tina Fey. Right? Yeah. Tina Fey is going to be joining the cast for seven episodes. She'll be playing a reoccurring character. Nice. So. Fuck yeah. Tina Fey. Hell yeah. Uh, the next day is going to be Friday, September the 29th. Everybody got to get on, on the bus with this one. Mm-hmm. The Magic School Bus rides again. I oh, am so shit. Happy. Liz is with it. Rides with That's it. That's going to be lit as fuck. Hell yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm on excited for the Magic for that. School yeah. Bus. Hopefully yes, my, my girl, Miss Frizzle. Hell yeah. She's going to be, yeah. Miss Frizzle mm. would get it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, oh, 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 oh. I thought that's where we were going, but all right. <laughs> we could go that direction <laughs> if you want to. She never really had a love interest on the show, and you had to have been thinking like she was lonely. She was always with these kids on the bus doing adventure Annoying shit. Annoying ass kids. Exactly, those <laughs> shitty ass kids. Like, come on. You think she got home, took a shot, and fucked the neighbor? She had to be more Miss Frizzle, I'm saying. So, yeah, um, the Magic School Bus rides again. It's an animation family show on Netflix. So it'll be Friday, September the 29th. So uh, so check that out definitely. Uh, Kate McKinnon is going to be on here. Kate McKinnon. Kate McKinnon, the uh, the chick from uh, what's she? No, no, she is. What's she going to do? I voice something. Okay. All right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> from Saturday Night Live. Uh, oh, speaking of Saturday Night Live, um, Saturday September the thirtieth, Saturday Night Live. Um, it's comedy on NBC eleven thirty p.m. Nice. Uh, who's going to be on here? Ryan Gosling and Jay Z. Ooh, my boy Gossy. Yeah. Nice. Gossy. Ryan Gosling and Jay Z. I, I like this combination uh, because you know Jay Z just recently uh, said that he would not be performing at the Super Bowl. You right. know, turned him down and everything. So I assume we're going to see a lot of that uh, with Ryan Gosling with this uh, last episode on uh, Saturday Night Live. Nice. Wait, random side question: Have mm-hmm. Ryan Reynolds and Ryan Gosling ever been in a single movie? I really want them to be. I right? really I don't want think they have. this. Yeah. I, I want to say yes, but I don't think so. Mm. You might be confusing Ryan's. No, like I'm, I, I know, I'm, I'm thinking. <laughs> Have of they the, ever um, been seen in the same room together? <laughs> They're actually. <the> same <laughs> I know what's what's the guy? I know Bradley Cooper and Ryan uh, Ryan Gosling have. Really? What? What? what Place Beyond the Ponds, I think maybe. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. yeah um, right. Like all I can see in my head for this movie though is like a mashup between Deadpool and Drive, and which actually I would watch. <laughs> that would be interesting. <laughs> That would definitely be a fucking thing. Yeah. We'll do some some after the show research yeah, on that. But if anybody knows, just write into the show on Facebook or Twitter or whatever. Yeah, that will make it, it easier. Uh, the next thing is going to be oh Sunday, gosh. October the tw- October the first. Bob's Burgers. Bob's yes. Burgers. Yes, I'm not yes. a fan. Oh uh, God. But it's good. But I'm not a fan. Listen. No, I haven't watched it. No. I thought that would have been like right up both of y'all alley. No. Like at school, mm. like everybody's all into Bob Burgers at the school. The reason why I don't like Bob's Burgers is because mm. it's a little, it's the same with BoJack Horseman. Mm. It's a little too close to reality. Yeah, okay. that and sort so of like I'm, awkward uh, yeah. humor thing. Yeah. And then like with BoJack, it's like yeah. impressive humor. It bumps me yes. the fuck out. Yeah. yeah. 
Okay. I can't watch. I love BoJack Horseman. I can't watch more than two episodes like a month. Because mm. I, I watch and I just go like, ah, oh, fuck. Well, sheesh. I'm going to kill myself now. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, all right, Bob's Burgers. <laughs> I, I didn't think it was going to take such a, a downward it turn. Is Bob's, Bob's Burgers is that depressing? I thought it was just like awkward humor. Well, it Bob's Burgers makes me feel yeah. like uncomfortable because of the awkward humor. Oh, Bojack okay. Horseman is the one that depresses the fuck out of me. Yeah. Because I just, that fucking horse, man. That He's fucking awesome. horse, man. Yeah. You ever heard of a show called uh, Mr. Ed? No. No, I don't think so. Kill both of y'all. Uh-oh. 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 His sociopath is coming out, y'all. I'm telling you. It's, it's, well, it's, we've opened Pandora's box. While I was out in Florida, they had this uh, this channel called Antenna TV. Mm-hmm. And it only showed like shows like pre-cable when you actually had an antenna on your television. Mm-hmm. So it was like back-to-back. It was um, the Mary Tyler Moore Show, Dobie Gillis, Green Acres, Mr. Ed, um, you know, it's just like Bewitched, I Dream a Genie, I I'm Love Lucy. You know, like like it just showed all of the shows that like I got to grow grow up with watching. You know, because there was no internet, so it was like after eight o'clock, all the shows that you wanted to watch went off. So you had to watch all the shows that came out thirty years prior to your birth. You know, <laughs> so watch watching all of those shows. But anyway, Green Acres, Mister Red is a great fucking show. Go watch that shit. All right, fucking god damn it. Sorry, we're like generationally <laughs> apart. No, I mean no, Chris. but 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 but, but my, my girlfriend Tess is one year older than me, yeah. and when we were in the hotel room, and then I see Mr. Ed, Mr. Ed, like he has a whole song. The a horse is a horse, of course, of course, nobody, no. but no one can talk to a horse, of course. That is, of course, unless the horse is. I didn't Mr. even Ed. know that there was a horse involved in Mr. Yeah, Ed. Yeah, I was wondering where you're going with that, yeah. and we, okay, so we were talking about that fucking horse, and the there's where he was going, but the, like, yeah, there's a whole other so previous horse. horse. <laughs> Mr. This Ed is the horse. Other... Oh, Mr. Ed is the what he the fuck? Is the horse. <laughs> He's the horse. Maybe that's what Bojack Horseman is like referencing. He does things. reference that. Oh, okay, like because he, yeah, because he's like a washed up. Oh man. Yeah. Okay. Now I have a better appreciation. I was I was trying to watch that show, and my girlfriend was like, "Nobody watches this shit. Nobody gives a fuck." I'm like, "No, there's lots of people that watch it, and the evidence is that it's on television." But then I brought it up just now, and then maybe she's right. Um, the, uh, <laughs> uh, the, uh, the next show is going to be Sunday, October the 1st. Uh, we've been waiting so long for this. Uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm comes back. Nice. nice. Curb Your Enthusiasm is a comedy on HBO at 10 p.m. Larry David is bringing it back. It's been gone since 2011. Brian oh. Cranston's going to be there. Oh. Nick Offerman, Jimmy nice. Kimmel, Lauren Graham, Elizabeth Banks. Um, who else? Ed Begley Jr., uh, Ted Danson. Richard Lewis. I mean, there's there's that's a lot of people that's gonna be on. My there. favorite scene from Kirby Enthusiasm so far is when he goes, I think, on a date to Starbucks, mm-hmm. and it's like, just give me the venti white chocolate bullshit thing. Yeah, I laugh so hard yeah. every time I see that because that's <laughs> how so I want to order coffee. Is that what you do? Kinda. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, have you have you been there recently at Starbucks? Starbucks, yeah. yeah. I, I got a, a pumpkin spice chai latte last time I was there. Nice. At least you got the ladies. chai version. Yeah, it's really good. Nice. With a pumpkin spice cream cheese muffin. I want, I want yeah. another one. Um, Lauren, like she got me one of those back when we were shooting, mm-hmm. however, like years ago now. That was, that was, yeah, it was like a year and a half ago. Yeah, it was a while ago, but I haven't been able to really go back because some shits are expensive, man. They are. Like, a, what was it? Like, it was a triple shot espresso something or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, that shit damn near is like 10 bucks, man. Yep. You know, yeah. for, you know <laughs> for that one drink that I really want. So it's like, I want to go back, but it's like, I can't afford to uh, start a new habit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just yet. It's definitely. I only go when I'm going with someone. One, yeah, because I I can't go to Starbucks by myself. Like, how, how do how do you experience that feeling though? That that caffeine rush? Yeah, not really. I drink Ooh. a lot of coffee. So oh, okay, I'm no. kind of like 
Like, I would have to do cocaine at this point to feel the caffeine rush. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's that's a good feeling. But, uh, <laughs> like, but it's like, I'm not a caffeine person. So, like, when I had the triple shot espresso thing, I was like, okay, I understand. Like, I only experienced, like, being around white people at 7 o'clock in the morning and them saying, like, I can't function without my coffee or I need my coffee. <laughs> coffee, coffee, coffee. I'm like, why is people freaking the fuck out about a goddamn coffee as I sit here drinking my water bottle, you know? But then I had the triple shot shit and it was like, like it was drug drugs man like that shit is drugs oh yeah it, you know? yeah yep definitely Co- coffee oh, is yeah. drugs and it's like now i can sugar understand. and caffeine are, are both like have the same effect on the brain as as drugs yes. and so like starbucks what is in all of their drinks tons of caffeine and sugar yes starbucks yeah. is a drug dealer yes yeah, yeah. oh yeah <laughs> it's almost like this is affecting the same part of my brain that drugs is i'm like i understand now all right <laughs> yep i just can't afford my fix just yet but but later um, well, that's happen. it for television, though. Um, you got a new job, though. So now you oh, I might be able to afford to start doing Uh-oh. that. <laughs> Work my way on up to heroin. Uh, the first. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> heroin is a hot topic now. We talked a little bit about heroin uh, a couple weeks ago. Like heroin is popular once again. Why? Why? The, exactly. Why? That's so fucked up. Yeah. Yeah, there's a television show about heroin coming out on Netflix. I mean, we've been seeing stuff on Facebook. It's everywhere now. I guess it's because uh, 90s nostalgia. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> very true. Which 90s is nostalgia. not funny. <laughs> that fucking, I don't know what killed me. Uh, the, uh, fir- the first movie is a movie called Lucky. Uh, Lucky is an 88-minute drama. It uh, covers the spiritual journey of a 90-year-old atheist. A it's 90-year-old a ninety-year-old atheist. Huh? That's uh, what I feel like. It, uh, it stars David Lynch and Ron Livingston. Ooh, so wait, I can, David Lynch. Ooh. David Lynch. He's a star. He's not directing or writing. He's it, only starring. Acting. Huh. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's interesting. I mean, he cameoed. I mean, he cameoed in um, in the in the newest Twin Peaks. Like he was in uh, it. At, yeah. Well, no, it wasn't even a cameo. I think he was like a like a solid like a character. A character. In it. Yeah, I haven't I watched all of it yet. I've watched only like episode four. He was. Uh, he did a cameo in uh, Louis C.K. show as well. I, I mean, love yeah. him. He's amazing. I don't know. Who I, did I, I did. He's love fantastic. Him. Like as just as a person. I, I think. I mean, there there are some some things that have come out about him in the past few months that he's maybe been sexually inappropriate with women. Oh well, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, but, but, retract statement. But I still love his work. Oh, that's exactly. <laughs> I still love his work as well. But it's just like whenever someone brings up his name, I'm like, just here's all the evidence, and now you decide if you want to continue to like him. But we have to know that he's allegedly a, vi- a sexual predator. Oh, so, great. Well, yeah, there's that. But I mean, you know, all right. Uh, the next thing is going to be Flatliners. I really want to see that, actually. Flatliners? The only reason I really want to see that is just because I love Ellen Page's face. And but I love it, everything she said. It just looks like sort of like that uh, that that rehashing of like that Limitless or, mm. or what was that Scarlett Johansson movie that did the same Box, thing? Ghost in the Shell? No, no, no. Uh, um, Lucy? Yeah, Lucy, yeah, 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 yeah. where it's just like, let's do this super action thriller about opening up the brain mm. and the possibilities of the brain like limitless was really good yeah no. i like that but like no i, I, I know, totally man. know what you're saying the really but yes ellen page's ellen face she's she's yeah. the only yep. reason i want to see it is because of ellen page yeah the uh see it's, it's listed as a pg-13 movie 108 minute runtime it's a drama horror sci-fi thriller it says five Too many min- genres a lot of them <laughs> uh, five medical students obsessed with what lies beneath the confines of life embark on a daring experiment by stopping their hearts for short periods of time each triggers a near-death experience giving them a first-hand account of the afterlife so yeah, this is starring Ellen Page. I haven't seen a commercial or trailer for this at all. This I've been to the I movies saw it like on four YouTube, times. Yeah. YouTube. Yeah, so, yeah. as a YouTube ad. Okay, 
Um, and lastly, it's going to be American Made. It's a rated R, 115-minute runtime, listed as an action, biography, comedy, crime, drama, history, thriller movie. Oh, my God. So, like, you were saying so many, like, genres about, like, drama, horror, sci-fi, yeah. thriller. That was, like, every yeah, single. Yeah. That, that makes me uncomfortable. Action, biography, <laughs> comedy, crime, drama, history, Too thriller. Much. Tom okay, like, I'm, I'm leaving. Yeah. What is this movie not about? It's, <laughs> it's, a, um, it's a, not about sci-fi. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, there oh, we go. That's true. And uh, apparently it's, oh, oh, comedy's on there too. Uh, yeah. But uh, a pilot lands <laughs> a pilot lands work for the CIA as a drug runner in the South during the 1980s. Uh, Tom Cruise, Dom Hall, Gleason, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, uh, it's it's just going to be your generic sort of drug runner movie. The trailers don't look interesting. I, wa- I watched a, a movie recently. What's uh, Jonah Hill and the... War uh, Dogs. Yeah, I, trash. <laughs> so that just made me think about that. So yeah. just don't watch War Dogs and American Made. You know, on, yeah. the, on, this, on, the, uh, on this line of movies, yeah. uh, the uh, some dude died, on, got shot on the set of Narcos. Mm. recently oh yeah i saw and, that or was it on the i think he was, was on like location. he was location yeah scouting, he was right? location scouting yeah mm. uh he got shot <laughs> location scouting for the shot narcos mm. the paulo escobar series is getting sued by paulo escobar's brother yeah wow. uh stop making shows about the fucking mexican cartel stop doing it why because people are gonna die over making shows so people that are still fucking alive chris These i mean are but that's, ganglers that's, that are still alive but but i'm saying but that's you're telling the people that are stupid enough to do something stupid to not be stupid. It's you know, it's, it's, it's like it's like it's like if I'm gonna write a show about you know people that are in jail currently mm-hmm. that can get out of jail, like you kind of have to know that that's a possibility for you. Yeah. No, you know? I, I mean, it's I, like, I, I, I see it. I'm, I'm kind of with the um, Darwinism. Like, <laughs> if, if, yeah, <laughs> yeah. like seriously, like yeah. continue to make the show and then see what happens. It's you know? fucking I, ridiculous. I don't, I don't have to watch it. We don't have to watch yeah. it, but you know, let. You know, nature take its course. It's so funny. <laughs> oh my god! Seriously, you know, whatever. Anyway, yeah, yeah. I think that's it for today's episode. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys for listening, Alyssa. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. It was great. It. Yeah, it was a good episode. I that enjoyed it. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at underscore FFS Podcast. You can find us on the iTunes Podcast app, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, and Stitcher under the name for Film's Sake. And my personal Twitter handle is at Brownerchija. Chris? I'm at uh, T-H-A underscore V-O-N-Z. Hey. Hey. And uh, wanna... Mine is at Orchid Icor. Orchid Icor. Uh, that's uh, not easy to say or spell. I thought spell. it was Icor, like, um, like, a, like flower blood or Icor. Yeah, I guess I'm saying that wrong then. Oh, oh God, it's my own Twitter handle. I I-C-H-O-R? Right, yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, I, 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 you're going to have to cut that because I've just shamed myself eternally. Uh, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Okay. Orchid Icor? Yeah. Cool. Uh, thank you guys for listening. We will see you next week for another episode. And cheers. Yeah. Woo.